Three Things with JR is back. Hello, everybody. It's 2022, and it's time to start season three of this podcast. Uh, starting it off with some changes. You may have just noticed the theme song is different. Uh, this is yet another song from my band, The Band Big, and it's called People. And if uh, it hasn't actually been released digitally yet, however, it is has a video already so if you haven't checked it out you should check out our video go to youtube.com slash the band big and you'll see our youtube channel i think that works i should probably google that while i'm talking to you right now just to see if that link actually works uh the band big nope that didn't work at all so let's go to youtube and search for the band big and let's see what happens there it is yeah so i guess we don't have enough followers yet to have our own special url so just go to youtube and search for the band big all one word no exclamation point we've actually got several videos there but uh the pe people is uh, that one is an official music video it's one of several available on the page it's wow it's been viewed 351 times we need more views than that people people go check it out go check out the video for the theme song for this season of this show Ah, uh, all right. So yeah, I'm I'm back. Uh, I'm doing this podcast. I'm gonna start doing it every week from here on out. I actually wanted to start a couple weeks ago, but couldn't because of power outages and snowstorms and fun stuff like that. I uh, wasn't expecting that. I was literally planning to do that Monday night two weeks ago when uh, when the snow killed the power and our internet and there was just not happening. So uh, and then and then we went to Florida. I've been busy here, uh, which is why there has been no podcast for a little while. But uh, yeah, I'm back. Uh, what what have I been doing? Um, I thought I was going to go to Las Vegas to go to the Consumer Electronics Show for work, but yeah, Omicron kept that from happening. Instead, we stayed home, and instead of staying home, we went to Vegas. Kiki and I, not Vegas, what the hell am I talking about? Instead of going to Vegas, Kiki and I uh, hopped in her little truck, her little Ford F-350 Super Duty, uh, and uh, loaded on her uh, humongous four-horse trailer on the back, uh, threw some horses in it, and drove to Florida. Went to Ocala to uh, visit... Kiki's uh, horse buddies and see some horses and get a saddle and pick up a horse and drop off some horses and ride some horses and talk about horses with our horse people uh, in Ocala, Florida. We went to the World Equestrian Center, which is like uh, nothing I've ever seen. In uh, I know that I know that there's uh, I know there's a lot of money in the horse world, but this sort of takes that to a new level i've never seen it it's it's like an amusement park that's all about riding horses uh there are many many arenas rings to places to ride indoor outdoor uh there's there's ones with you know thousands of seats you know bleacher seats going up i mean uh the, it, it would it looks like where you would have olympic events for horses 
and the place is pretty awesome. Uh, and we spent uh, a good part of the day there. Um, I did. I was able to escape horse talk and horse stuff. Each day when we were there, I got to go play disc golf either in Gainesville or Ocala. Several great courses down there, so uh, it wasn't all horse stuff for me personally. I did get to go sling some plastic at some metal in the woods in Florida, and it's uh, it was nice to be able to do that in shorts and a t-shirt in January. Uh, and then when we got back, it was super cold and played disc golf uh, in, uh, you know, in a jacket and pants and gloves and such, uh, when we got back and I did not play as good. So I play better in better weather apparently, but, uh, also got to visit, uh, my mom and my sister when we were down there for a little stop in Sarasota. And, uh, so yeah, it was a pretty good trip to Florida. Uh, and, uh, right before we went snowstorm and we got back just a couple days ago and I'm recording this on Sunday night, January 16th. And we are dealing with yet another snowstorm. So snow is back in Virginia. It's been several winters since we had any kind of serious snow. We've already got two decent storms done. And uh, when I say decent, I'm talking about five to eight inches, something like that. Throw some throw some sleet and some freezing rain and stuff in there. And uh, you got yourself some fun, fun driving weather. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy driving in the snow. And I highly recommend it, by the way. If you... Uh, if you're not sure how to drive in snow, there's really nothing else like it. There's no other driving experience that can prepare you for driving in snow other than driving in snow. And I uh, strongly recommend that while there is snow on the ground, especially in the big parking lots like at the mall, take a car there and drive it around in the big parking lots. Uh, just don't hit any light poles or parking structures. Uh, but uh, get yourself uh, get yourself going around in circles. Figure out how to do donuts. Figure out what it's like to try to stop. Try to do, try to get some fish tailing going. Try to lose control of your car. It won't be hard, but then try to get it back. And when you start to understand what happens when you hit the gas or hit the brakes or turn your steering wheel and you're on snow, then you'll understand what to do and what not to do a whole lot better. And it will prepare you for driving on the roads in the snow. And if you have no opportunity to do that, maybe don't go out and drive in the snow. In fact, I mean, generally speaking, it's better when fewer people are out there on the road in the snow. But if you, uh, if you want to, if you want to learn the skills that it takes to be on the road in the snow, you got to be on the road in the snow. So go do it. Go do it safely. Take somebody with you that's done it before. Watch what they're doing and uh, have some fun. And don't hit, a, don't hit a light pole and don't tear your car up or break anything. Uh, don't break any laws doing that. But that's how to do it. That's how to get good at driving in the snow. And uh, I love driving in the snow. I've been out several times today. I really had no good reason to go out other than to drive in the snow. I took my took Grenadine out, my little Subaru, and it did great. The tires on it are still the original tires, and I've got about 36,000 miles on them. So there's still life left in them, but they're not great in the snow. I'm kind, I kind of can't wait until these tires are ready to be replaced so I can get some tires that are a little grippier, a little tougher, uh, and, uh, and more fun. Uh, to drive in the snow. I also took out uh, the truck 
who uh, the truck, by the way, now has a new license plate. Uh, my truck has had several personalized plates over the years. Uh, it was first, it was fat and bald, then it was baldy, then it was Mr. Positive, and now my truck's license plate is Frolfer. F-R-O-L-F-E-R, Frolfer, as in Frisbee golf, as in what they called Frisbee golf on Seinfeld, Frolf. It's a funny name for disc golf uh, because it's better than Dolph, so it's Frolf. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I'm a Frolfer, so I put that on the truck. So anyway, yeah, Frolfer and I went out and uh, did some driving in the snow, and it was great. So never lost control, even though there's quite a bit of snow and it's very slippery. But uh, had had some fun. Didn't really go do donuts. Don't don't need to. I know how to do those. Plus, it's kind of annoying how much how good the traction control is on cars these days. On both the Subaru and the truck, you know they're modern vehicles. They're twelve years old or two years old, depending on the vehicle. Um, but it, both of them have traction control. And in the truck, you can turn it off, but it turns itself back on when you get up to like thirty miles an hour. Uh, and so if I'm trying to, you know, do donuts or fishtails or whatever, or, you know, if I'm trying to get the car or the truck sideways, it's near impossible now with how good these traction control systems are on cars. And I'm sure there's a way you can probably pull a fuse and turn that off and get the car to just do exactly what you tell it to rather than letting it decide how it's going to deal with the loss of traction. I want to be in control of the loss of traction, damn it. Uh, but uh, but anyway, that's that. Uh, I didn't take the motorcycle out because that would be stupid. So what's going to be different this year on season three of this show? Am I, are we going to have guests? I don't know. I don't have any guests lined up, but I've, I'm very much open to talking to people and making uh, making a good show out of it. So if you have something to say, and you need a place to say it. Let's do it, people. Give me a ring. Uh, let's let's talk. Maybe first send me a note. Uh, you can direct message me on Facebook uh, at uh, the Three Things Podcast page uh, on Facebook. You can direct message me just directly, just straight to me, or you can send an email. I think I set up an email address uh, for Three Things with Jr. Uh, I believe it's three things with jr at gmail.com. Um, gosh, now I'm wondering if I actually did that because I, oh yeah, I definitely did. Let's go see if there's anything there. Three things with jr. Let me sign out of that one and let's see. Nope. Oh, yeah. Three things with jr at gmail.com. Send me a note. Drop me a line if you want to be a guest on my show. Uh, I'll talk to anybody. So uh, feel free to uh, to drop me a line. Let me know if you want to be interviewed. And, you know, I'll make it easy for you. Don't be nervous. It's a podcast. We can edit out any stupid things you say. And let's uh, let's find out what makes you tick. What makes you interesting? Uh, what uh, what do you want people to know about you? Let's pretend you are a famous person doing an interview on a famous person's podcast and we'll treat it like you are a star and I am the uh, the host interviewing you because everybody wants to know what you have to say. So if you want to be on this show in any way, shape or form, drop me a line. Three things with JR at gmail.com. Uh, let's see here. You know, Kiki did let me drive that uh, that truck and trailer 
on our trip to Florida. Now she didn't let me drive it down to Florida for it was the uh, it was the new trailers uh, maiden voyage. Uh, we loaded three horses in it. They were the first three horses ever to be in this brand new four horse trailer. And uh, and dro- she drove it to Florida. She's like, eh, maybe let's not have you, uh, you know, be responsible for the lives of these three, uh, you know, horses. And instead, I did get to drive the four horse, the empty four horse trailer back from Florida. Although I did good enough that she let me keep driving it when we stopped to pick up a horse and bring it back to Virginia with us. Uh, and now we can add that to my list of skills. I can drive a large pickup truck with a very large four horse trailer attached to it without hitting things. I did go over a few curbs, but no signs, no gas pumps, no other cars. Uh, didn't, didn't hit anything, not a scratch on the truck or the trailer or the horse that was in it. Uh, everything made it back great, even uh, doing some tight turns and gas stations and all that stuff. So if you need me to drive your four horse trailer, I can. I'm just saying. Uh, so one of the things that we're going to do differently here on the show this uh, season is uh, the things are going to be themed. Three things that are themed, like each show will have a theme. Uh, for example, like rather than doing the standard three things that I've been doing now for two seasons, I'm going to change it up a little bit and give the things a theme. For example, one show might be, uh, well, maybe there'll probably be, there will probably be a bunch of shows dedicated to all of the different jobs that I've had. Uh, so three things about working in a bike shop, three things about painting a house, three things about working security at FedEx field, things like that. Uh, places I've gone to. It might be interesting to tell you about those places. Three things about Canada, about Denver, about Iceland, about uh, Maine or England, San Antonio, Los Angeles, places like that. Uh, so three things about uh, whatever. I got it. Uh, we're gonna be. A th- we're gonna be a theme. You're gonna learn stuff. You're gonna learn stuff about places and jobs and things, and it's gonna be. Less about like you need to kind of know me personally to find this show interesting and hopefully interesting to anybody. Uh, three things about working at a radio station. I did that. Eh, maybe there might be some things you would like to know about that. So that's uh, that's how three things with Jr. is going to uh, adapt and evolve into uh, into its third season. Um, but we're going to hold off. We're going to do that in the next episode. I'll pick one of those themes and we'll go for it. Right now, it's uh, this episode's three things are going to simply follow the the pattern, the the formula that we've got uh, going so far with three things. So uh, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back, and I'll tell you three things. See you in a minute. Nothing I can say are back. All right, let's do this. Thing number one. Am I a TV snob? I was called a TV snob today. And am I? It got me thinking. Am I a TV snob? So I think the answer depends on who you ask. 
if you asked many of my coworkers at Crutchfield, they would say, no, JR is definitely not a TV snob. He actually has fairly low standards for the quality of his television. I'm talking about the actual piece of hardware, that screen, that panel, that flat screen sitting in my living room. Am I a snob about my TV watching experience? Well, again, if you ask the people at Crutchfield, uh, they would say no, because the TV I have is only a 65 inch. And people at Crutchfield would be like, 65 inch, that's uh, that's where it starts. You, you should be looking at a 75, an 83. Uh, TVs are only getting bigger and better and higher definition. And a 65 feels small to a lot of the people that I uh, travel in circles with. So by that standard, no, I'm not a snob at all. Uh, it's also not a top-of-the-line TV. I have access to those. I get a great deal on those with my job at Crutchfield, but I haven't purchased those because even at my great deal, it's more money than I want to spend on a television. I got a killer deal on a really nice TV, an above-average TV. It is a Sony. It's like third down from top of the line, right? It's not an OLED. It's an LCD TV. And it's great. It's fine. It is totally good enough for me. Uh, would I love a bigger one? Sure. Would I love an OLED? Yeah, sure. But am I going to spend all that kind of money on it? No, it's not that important. Even though I spend hours a day watching my TV, it's fine. 65-inch, uh, pretty good, above-average TV does great. Um, sound, I do have a home theater, a surround sound system, but it's by Crutchfield standards, it's a pretty simple one. It's 5.1, so there's five speakers and a subwoofer and a home theater receiver uh, that does all the sound stuff. So I do have some surround sound, and when I turn it up, it's impactful. It's uh, it's louder than I need it to be. It's movie theater-like for me. It does. I don't have 12, 13 speakers in the room, but I do have a surround system. So when I watch TV, no matter what I'm watching, uh, Jeopardy or Star Wars, I want it in the full home theater system so that everything sounds really good so if you ask people at crutchfield that would be a small modest home theater system uh and it's uh it's it's just that when i do watch tv i want it to look good and i want it to sound good i think that makes me somebody that just cares about the experience not a snob my girlfriend however and many people that i know don't care that much you might be one of them. You might be perfectly happy going back to your house to watch a TV show and just watch it on whatever TV's there. Maybe you didn't spend a ton on it. Maybe you, you got a cheap one or a hand-me-down or whatever. It may, it, it's maybe not even uh, an above-average TV, and you're okay with that. Uh, okay. And maybe you don't have any kind of speakers or a sound bar or home theater system or anything like that to augment the, the video with some really good sound. Maybe you're listening to your TV speakers. Okay. And uh, my girlfriend and I, we have two houses. Now, we don't own either one. We uh, rent one, and the other one is uh, part of the deal with Kiki's uh, you know, job at a farm. So we have two houses. And at the house where I primarily stay... We have, that's where my system is. And at the house where Kiki's job is that we stay, we stay there sometimes. Uh, we just have a TV. Now, I did get her a nice one, an above average TV. It's only a 55 inch though, because that's as big as it'll fit in the living room. And there's zero sound system. Uh, there's no real place to put one. Uh, the piece of furniture, you can't even really put a sound bar on it. I'm going to get one. I'm going to make it happen at some point. But 
we sat down to watch uh, an episode of a TV show today during the middle of the day, and the light coming in the window behind us was uh, a lot of glare on the TV screen. Now, normally, we would watch TV at night, but it's a snow day, and we were watching TV at, during the day. And it was hard to watch. We were watching The Handmaid's Tale, which is a very dark show. There's not a lot of light inside the houses on that show. Uh, and I think that's an artistic you know, effect that they're going for. And because of that and because of the light coming in during the daytime TV viewing, it was hard to watch. Uh, too much glare. And no matter which angle I put the TV at, you got too much glare. And I mentioned this to Kiki, and she's like, I don't even notice it. I don't even see it. That glare is not bothering me like at all. And uh, I couldn't stop seeing the glare the entire hour-long episode. Now, I was able to get through it and watch it and, and enjoy the show, but uh, I was noticing it the whole time, and I said something, and that's when she called me a TV snob. And I'm not a snob about TV, and not in my opinion. Uh, I have, I, have uh, I, I want it to look good, and I want it to sound good. Not the best possible experience ever. I mean, if you want that, go to a movie theater or I could go buy all the stuff needed to create just about a movie theater experience at the house. But it would be very expensive and I would have to remodel the house uh, to do anything like that. So uh, I'm perfectly happy with uh, with the TV setup. I'm not a TV snob. Uh, I do think I do think you should I think I think it should look good and I think it should sound good. So there you go. It depends. It depends on who you ask. Thing number two, Penn and Teller's Fool Us. Penn and Teller are amazing. I, I have loved Penn and Teller since I was a child. Uh, I remember seeing them on Saturday Night Live, David Letterman, Conan O'Brien. Uh, they are, if you're not familiar, they are a, ma a magician duo that uh, Penn, Penn Gillette is the big, boisterous, loud, outspoken guy. And Teller, his uh, partner, doesn't talk. That's part of his uh, stage persona. Teller is silent on stage. Uh, he's also a lot shorter uh, than Penn, so it's kind of funny seeing them together. But they are sort of bad boys of magic. You know, they've, uh, they've been known to reveal how magic tricks have been done uh, to, to take the piss out of magic in many ways. And... Uh, and they are totally open and honest about how they lie to you in magic all the time. Uh, it's part of making magic work. Uh, and they've had, uh, they've had a lot to say. Penn specifically has had a lot to say about a lot of things. Uh, for a while they had a show on, I believe it was Showtime. It was called Penn and Teller Bullshit, where they would, it would kind of debunk myths or call people and organizations and governments and stuff on their bullshit. Uh, that was a fun show. Um, and there was a while there when I was getting out of religion and uh, embracing my agnostic atheism uh, that I really tuned into a lot of what Penn Gillette had to say. Uh, as an atheist, a very outspoken atheist, I learned a lot uh, about, about life and humans and uh, a, an atheistic perspective on life uh, as opposed to a theistic perspective on life. And I just, I've loved everything he's had to say. I don't agree with everything he's had to say, but he's, he, he makes me think. And uh, he's, got a, he's got a podcast. It's called Penn Sunday School, uh, ironically named. Uh, but it's fun too. As, I mean, I just, 
Love the guy. And so when I discovered they had a show called Penn and Teller Fool Us, I was all in. And I've been watching the show for a while now. It's hard to get sometimes. I don't have it on. I don't have direct TV anymore. I have like YouTube TV. So if I want to watch the show, it sometimes records it. It sometimes doesn't. Uh, but what YouTube, as opposed to YouTube TV, which regular YouTube has been doing, it has figured out that I like Penn and Teller Fool Us. And every day on my homepage, it recommends a new video from Penn and Teller Fool Us. And it's usually posted by the magician themselves. Not like on the Penn and Teller Fool Us YouTube channel. It's posted by the uh, magician. And clearly, the magicians have a deal with the show so that they are allowed to post the clip from the show from when they were on the show. And it's fantastic. I watch every single one uh, that I, that comes up on my YouTube feed. Uh, and there have been several recently that have actually really made me emotional. Uh, and uh, there were two of them, uh, two magicians... Because what made it so emotional was that they were clearly realizing a dream of theirs, uh, performing for Penn and Teller, trying to fool them, trying to come up with a magic trick they couldn't figure out. That's kind of the point of the show. And uh, when these particular two particular magician, mu- magicians, magicians fooled Penn and Teller, it was an emotional experience because they actually fooled them. They didn't know if they were going to or not, but the emotion that came out of them uh, was powerful. Uh, see, seeing somebody like that, a performer realizing a dream uh, is something that gets me going. It gets my uh, emotional heartstrings going. Uh, I mean, I literally started to cry watching, uh, you know, a nine minute YouTube clip of Penn and Teller fool us. And so, uh, you know, I don't think you have to be a fan of magic to really enjoy this show. I highly recommend it for anybody and everybody because it is entertaining and fun. And uh, so there you go. Penn and Teller, fool us. That was thing number two. Thing number three. All right. I'm wondering what you think. I would love to hear what you have to say about it. Feel free to uh, comment on Facebook on Three Things with JR's uh, Facebook page or on Anchor, where this pay, where this show is hosted, or wherever you can comment. You can send me an email. Uh, I, I'll read them on the air next time I do it. But I have a question. I want to know what you think feels better. It's hard for me to decide. Uh, this is a real question here. Uh, I'm going to describe two feelings, and they kind of go together, but they're different. Uh, and uh, which one is better or more satisfying? Which thing feels better? All right, thing. the first thing. Eating an amazing meal. I'm I'm not talking about your leftovers. I'm gonna. I'm not even talking about a Thanksgiving meal. I'm talking about an expensive meal at a fine restaurant with food that is so much better than you ever thought food could be. You're eating something very gourmet, made by some of uh, the one of the best chefs in the world. If you've ever had the pleasure of that type of an experience, you know what I'm talking about. There's multiple courses, there's palate cleansers, there's just the perfect combination of meats, vegetables, and sauces. Uh, multiple influences. Uh, there's you know there's there's normal stuff. There's extreme stuff. There, I mean, green beans are amazing in a situation like that, right? It doesn't matter what it is. The uh, an amazing food put in the hands of an amazing chef is an incredible eating experience, right? 
And uh, it, I've, ha- I've even had it where the plate comes and you're looking at it and going, that's not enough food for me. I eat more than that. And then somehow when you're done, you're like, that was the perfect amount of food for me. Maybe even a little more than I thought it was going to be. Uh, and it, and every bite, like when you put it in your mouth, it's like you don't want to even swallow it because it tastes so good. I'm talking about that feeling, that feeling when you have the perfect piece of food in your mouth. Oh, man, uh, think about it. Uh, I think the best piece of food I've ever had was a piece of pork belly from a restaurant in Charlottesville called the Alley Light. And it was like meat candy. It was one of the best things I've ever had in my mouth. It was amazing. So that's feeling number one. What's better, that or feeling number two? You know how you feel right after you have just taken a righteous shit? And I do mean righteous you know, multiple logs, some of the logs so long that when you, when you turn and look, they're halfway down the drain already and sticking up out of the the toilet water, right? A big, huge dump. And you, you know, it's so big, you immediately found, you immediately feel three pounds lighter just because it's out of you, right? it's such a big deal. You're going to go through like five or six fresh rounds of toilet paper just to clean up the whole mess. That feeling of getting that stuff out of your body. When you're done getting that out, how good does that feel? Oh my God. It's one of the best feelings in the world. Is it better than meat candy in your mouth? What's better? The best piece of food you've ever eaten or the biggest dump you've ever taken. I think both both are contenders for two of the greatest feelings in the world. And the interesting thing is you can't have one without the other. Right? You, you, you don't, you, I mean, I guess you could. I guess you could, right? Uh, as I think about this, you could have a shit meal and take a righteous shit afterward. In fact, might be maybe even a more righteous shit than the really great meal. So, yeah, I get it. You can have one without the other. Uh, you can have the great shit without the great meal, but you can't have the great meal without the great shit. All right. Anyway, let me know what you think. What's better, the righteous dump or the meat candy in your mouth? Uh, and uh, that's it. That's going to wrap up episode one of Three Things with JR's season three debut. New uh, new theme music. It's the song People from the band Big. Uh, find it on YouTube. Search for the band Big on YouTube to uh, see the video. The song will be out sometime probably this year on Spotify and everywhere else you listen to music. Uh, and there should be a new episode pretty much every week this year. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Let's do this, people. If you want to be on the show, hit me up, 3 jr at gmail.com. If you just want to comment or uh, give me a shout out, if you got something interesting to say, maybe it'll make the uh, make the next episode. So I uh, would love to interact with you more. Hit me up and uh, let's have some fun, people. Three things with Jr. I'm Jr.
Oh yeah, one more thing I wanted to mention. The Handmaid's Tale. Fantastic show. It's on Hulu. Kiki and I have been binging this show like crazy. It is dark. It is not funny. It is not hilarious. It is slow. It's a slow burn, but man, is it good. I highly recommend. We just wrapped up season two. And whew, what a season. So Handmaid's Tale on Hulu. Check it out. Experiment with no burps this season. Who knows? You're welcome, ladies. See you next week.